Ooh, amen. All right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this divine opportunity that you have given us to feast at your table. Lord, you said you prepare the table in the presence of our, before us in the presence of our enemy. So, Lord God, if the enemy's here, we already know he's only a distraction. We're going to focus on what you have prepared for us. So help us, Lord, to stay in a oneness that we would have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. God, we need to hear from you today. Help us. You said that you are a very present help in our time of need. Father, we confess today that we need you always. So, Lord, we thank you. And as I stand, I tremble, knowing, Lord, that I'm not even worthy of this cup. So I ask you, Lord, to move Felix out of the way. Let his spirit become void that you would come and fill this vessel that we would hear from you today. Consecrate me, God, as only you know how. And after all is said and done, we promise God to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, everybody that believes, shout amen. 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 Paul writes to the Roman church, he says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Say, we have peace. So don't start talking about, I'm just trying to find some peace. You already got peace. Your peace is in Christ. And the only way you don't have peace is when you come out of Christ. So if you say, I'm looking for peace, then go back into Christ because you're too into you. We can go home with that right there. (laughs) Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace. In which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We stand, we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We stand, we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Shout, I have access. All right, now turn to 1 Kings chapter number 17, verse number We there? Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right. First Kings 
chapter 17, verse number eight. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, somebody say then. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he rose and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink it. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go And do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterwards, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the being A flower shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for Many days. That don't make no sense. But it makes God sense. Mm-hmm. The bin of flour has not <clears throat> was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord which he which he spoke by Elijah. Skip over to verse 24. Then the woman said to Elijah, "Now by this I know that you are a man of God." And that the word of the Lord is in your mouth. In your mouth is the truth. Amen. Amen. 
when I look at verse number nine and he's sending Elijah somewhere, he he says, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidom, and dwell there and stay there. I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Um, I want to use as a subject today, God always has a plan. Tell your neighbor, believe that. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. God always has a plan. God's plan does not look like the world's plan. He does not work that way. Therefore, when he gives you his spirit, he brings you into a new kingdom, which is his kingdom, and his kingdom is established by the word of his mouth. His kingdom cannot be torn down. His kingdom cannot be defeated. His kingdom is the victory. Therefore, when he makes you a part of his kingdom, you are in victory and you have a choice which he gives you. And the choice is simply him or the world. The thing about the world is he has allowed demonic forces to operate in the world, which he kicked out of his kingdom. If you choose the world, you choose the demonic forces that go along with the world. When you choose his kingdom, you operate in kingdom power. You operate in a realm in which the world cannot really understand nor comprehend. Thereby, you have to understand that your faith is much larger than what the world system can contain. That's why he says he will do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ever think or imagine. Because in our finite mind, we can only go so far. But we serve an infinite God whom we cannot imagine what he could do. Thereby, God always does much better than we could ever imagine because that's how he operates. God had a plan for you before he saved you. That's why he allowed you to do some of the things that you did. Because when he transforms you, he's depending on you to go back and get the ones who are stuck doing what you used to do. So you don't come into it not thinking that you are better than them because of what he's doing to you. The only reason why he's doing you is because you used to have one of those mouths too. And you can go back and help the one who's having a problem with their mouth. Or you used to go to some of those places too. But he's empowered you. He came and got you so that he could send you back to get them. 
Say God has a plan. God didn't save you so that you could come to church and take communion and shout hallelujah and go home and sit on your couch and say, we got peace up in here. God's plan is much bigger than your happiness. And so when God demonstrates his work, he is doing things that don't make sense so that you can believe him and get you out of your way of thinking. Because if God did it the, the way you think, it would look like the way the world is. So God has to do stuff supernatural so you can understand what supernatural looks like. So all throughout the Bible in the Old Testament scripture, you see God set, setting his people up to where it looks like failure. So when he finished doing what he's doing, it no longer looks like failure, but it looks like faith. Because when God rescues you from something that you could not have rescued yourself from, then you believe that God is who he is. I tried to quit, but I couldn't. I wanted to stop. But I didn't. I made promises to God and I broke them. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> but I found that no matter how hard I tried and I told God, God, when I get myself together, I'm going to come to church. And no matter how many times I promised him that I'd never take another toke, I took one anyway. No matter how many times I said I wasn't going back to the club, I went back anyway. And I tried, but I couldn't do it. But one day, God's plan took over my life. It was when all eyes, were, you know, all eyes get on you. You running with the wrong crowd and everybody watching you. They depending on you to help them. Keep running. And God just diverts your life. And then they start taking bets on, oh, he'll be back. Only reason why, because they don't understand the plan of God. And when God gets into something, he changes everything. This God that we serve is so awesome that we have to really understand if he saved you from this, he's going to save you from that. And God did not save you to leave you defeated in any area of your life. But God, it looks so bad. How is it ever going to work out? God says, when you get your eyes off of it and put your eyes on me, then you can watch me work it all out because I have a plan. And so and so in this text. He talks about 
Paul talks about that we are justified by faith. He, he tells us that we have this peace and he tells us to dwell. Stay there. The, the, the writer writes about Elijah and God has brought famine upon the land and there has been no water and years have gone by and people are starving. And God tells his man of God, now a prophet is one who speaks the word of God. A prophet does not have to announce himself. He tells, he tells Elijah, Elijah, the prophet. He says, Elijah, go to the widow's house. I have commanded her to take care of you. Now, Elijah is the mouthpiece of God. God uses Elijah to speak his word. God chose man that he may speak a word to man and man would share the word with his people. He tells Elijah, Elijah, wait, Elijah is a word carrier. Elijah, go to the widow's house. God, I'm the word carrier. I'm, what I'm going to look like going to the widow's house. I'm supposed to be blessed. They supposed to have it all laid out for me. You sending me to somebody's house who don't even, a widow who don't have nothing? Now this is the word of God. This is how he functions. He don't function by giving a prophetic word to the man of God so that the man of God could claim to be somebody that he is not. God's man of God should be humble like his son Jesus was humble. If he don't look like Jesus, maybe he's not a true prophet. Ah, let me get to the text. Because, because we would understand that God doesn't work like the system because, because he's the word carrier don't mean that he, he's going to operate like the kings do in this system. So he tells them, do what I say do. He says, go to the widow's house and the widow that I'm sending you to, when you get there, I have commanded her to take care of you. So he does what God says and he shows up at the widow's house. Somebody said, tell your neighbor, stick to the plan. He shows up at the widow's house and says to the widow, can you get me a little bit of water? And the widow says, oh, that's cool. As a matter of fact, she recognized who he was. She said, I'm going to get you some water. And went to walk to get the water. But he messed up. And told her he wanted something to eat too. And you, you know how it is when you can ask for one thing and it, they'll be ready to help you out, but you didn't speak to your deeper need 
And when you tell them your deeper need, then all of a sudden, maybe they don't want to help you. <laughs> so I said, God has a plan. And then you get mad at the one that don't help you all the way you want them to help you. Oh, goodness. This woman stops in the middle of her track. Say, hold up. She said, I'll get you the water, but I can't give you no bread. I can't give you no meat. I can't cook you no food. As a matter of fact, I got one little jar of oil, a little bit of flour. Me and my son, I'm going to cook it. Me and my son, we're going to eat. This is going to be our last supper. We're going to eat this, and then we're going to die. The prophet said, fear not. Thus says the Lord. He says, make me a little cake, just a little bit of cake. And then give it to me to eat. And then you and your son eat. And as the Lord says, you will not run out until the rain comes. Now, telling the truth, if we holding on to just a little bit of something and the little bit of something won't do you that much good anyway. And the word of the Lord comes and tell you to let that go, too. But your plan, you've already stretched out your income to meet your outcome. I can't afford to give you this in our lack here. Because in our finite mind, we cannot see what God has already done. As a matter of fact, your only way you could see it is through faith. If you got your eyes on it, you will never do what God says to do. You will always try to figure it out. But in this kingdom living, you cannot figure out. You got to faith it out. And the woman had to believe what the prophet had said. Let me share something with you that's a little bit deeper. The woman was transformed by the word of God. Her way of thinking was, I'm about to die. But when the word hit her, she received life because the word brings life. She was transformed. And even in her mind, she didn't want to bake him no cake because she thought that she would die. She just baked it anyway. What am I saying? The word is more powerful than your thought process. And the woman, she bakes the cake for the prophet. And the Bible says that they ate for days. That don't make no sense. But the woman gave access for faith to take over. If faith takes over, it will do more than you could ever believe it can do. 
You know how you, I don't know how I'm going to work this out. No, you don't. Because it's not for you to work out. Some stuff, you're going to have to just dwell there. Just be there. Just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. This one is not for you to fix. This is for you to faith. When you believe God and trust God and don't know how it's going to work out, but just believe that God has a plan for your life, then you just sit your little self down and say, I'm releasing it all, God. Do what you want to do. Do it how you want to do it. As a matter of fact, while you're doing that, do me so that when you're done with me, I'll be able to stand that. The Bible says that the woman, she obeyed the word. It wasn't the man. It was the word. She said she believed the word. He came back. She said, the Lord, your God. She believed what the word said. It's not what the man said. It's what the word said. You know, I, I struggle with the text because I'm saying, God, if he's your word carrier, couldn't you have sent him somewhere where he had it all? God said, yeah, but I couldn't have got the believers that I needed to get. I had to send them somewhere where, look, where there was no belief so that I could show belief. Uh, Sometimes we wonder, God, why do you have me in relationships with people who just won't do right? Why? Am I here, God? I could be somewhere. Send me to a place where I could just kick it with all the believers. I'm tired of being around folk that are attacking to me, attacking me, lying to me, causing trouble that I don't want. And I'm just, I just want peace in my life. God said, you already have peace. The reason why you think you don't is because you're paying attention to what I'm doing around you instead of paying attention to who the doer is and let me do what I do. And I promise my plan will work out for you. Hey, look at God. Don't he look good today? Oh, he's looking better and better. He, God is so awesome that this woman, she serves. She serves the word carrier. She, she served, it, it was service unto her believing word. Now, now get this. When I saw this, I, I even saw an offering. Because when you come in and give offering unto God, you're saying, I'm serving you what you gave me. She served the word. And because she served the word, the word brought access to faith. You know how sometimes you can give 
He said, I just gave my last, I don't know what I'm going to do. What does that do? But when you give and say, God, here it is. I'm just going to believe your word. It looked like I might die from this last offering I'm going to give. Because it's killing me to give this much. But I'm going to give it anyway. Because I'm going to trust your word. See, just because you believe God, it gives access to everything God has. The woman, listen, she didn't just say, I I believe God. She believed that he was God's man. So she said, here's the food. Even though she didn't want to do it. Faith had her do it. Isn't it something that God gave us a system that will bypass our way of thinking? Some some of you didn't want to get up and come to church this morning. But faith got you up to get your little tail down there. I'm going to feed you today. I'm going to grow your faith today. You need some. Oh, get up. Oh, and you just got in and all of a sudden you was there. And when you got there, you got good. Oh, oh. Oh, uh, he had a plan. He had a plan. He had a plan. No, no, no. The delay, the delay, the delay. The woman, the woman didn't delay in her movement. She, something took over her. She went from dying to feeding. She went from dying to serving. She, she was at one moment in her thought process dying. But her faith kicked in and she started serving. It's something that I pictured Jesus while he was yet in the garden saying, take this cup from me. He was dying in the garden, but faith kept kicked in and he offered his life as a service unto us that we would have eternal life because he would serve one last time. He would give his very best one last time. This is a picture of Christ giving his very best. He died so that we would live. But it didn't stop because he has to prove himself to do exceedingly abundantly So then he gives us his son so that we would live. But then Jesus kicks in and says, because of my spirit in you, I'm going to do greater things with you. I'm not done with you yet. I just got to get you back into the faith movement because you've been sitting back in the figure movement, focused on figuring. And I'm not just talking about trying to figure stuff out. You focus on the six figures. See, I'm not a t- See, most of you won't tell the truth. Huh? But you can't serve both God and mammon. You can't serve both God and money. But when you put your focus on God and your faith 
in God, then God can release all the money. But as long as you are chasing after the money, God will hold on to what he has for you and you run after what you want for you. But I'm telling you today, if you just dwell in the peace of God and know that God has a plan for you and let God be God all by himself, keep your eyes on the Lord and don't let him move off of God and begin to praise him in advance. Tell him thank you. My son was asking me, he, he said, Daddy, what, what, is, what is faith? I said, faith is what you believe and there's a greater hope in you. I said, so faith is what you hope for. He says, you mean I could hope for some things and God will give them to me? I said, God's already given them to you because he is the hope of glory. And if you listen, if you are hoping in him, then whatever you hope for, you already have. You just got to have the faith and wait for it to come. He sat down for a minute. He said, Dad, I get it. I have some things that I have faith for. I said, you do? He said, yeah. His, his mom heard, she said, well, write them down. He said, well, I can't write them down. But I got them in here. I said, where are they at? He said, they're in here. He said, I know because you just told me that faith is going to work for me. So I'm just going to believe God, Dad, and got happy. And couldn't, I couldn't tell, say I was speechless. I looked within myself and said, God, I don't even know what I want. <laughs> I'm just so thankful for what you just showed me that my faith is reignited. I'm just believing you for all things. And whatever you see all to be, help me to get there so that I can have all that you have for me. If that's what faith looks like, you ought to have yourself a party right here and right now. And thank God because you know he has a plan for you. The woman, the woman, the woman didn't know that her service was accessing faith. So, so the prophet stays at her house and her child, her child gets sick and dies. But the woman service had unlocked faith. And she believed that God had sent word to the house. And if the word is in the house, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. And if God is in the house, then you have life. And the prophet, the prophet, the prophet brings back life into the child. 
But God started it off with delivering her from her own thought process. That's what God wants to deliver you from today. Stop trying to think everything out. God has a plan for everything that's going on in your life right now. No matter how dry it looks, God has a plan. And the rain is one prayer away. If you can believe it. Do I have any believers in here? Now the rain was what released the harvest to grow, for food to come in, for wealth to be provided. It needed rain. And so Elijah, he prays. And God showed him that he reigned. How many of you believe God reigned? How many of you believe that God can do exceedingly and abundantly with what's going on in your life right now? You know how we do, we get like the world, well, this can't work out because this happened and that. That's the world. God is one stir away from mixing it together. Just one. Just just give God the handle and let him stir it. He is one stir away from making it all good. All things work together for the good of those who love God. How many of you love a God? Just love him. If you love him, act like it. Take your eyes off of your problems and put your eyes on him. When you put your eyes on God, you give him access to the faith. That's what causes a movement of God. Faith. By faith, Abraham, he dwelt in a land that he was not familiar. By faith, he moved out. By faith. When you believe it, God can move it. I want to talk to the believers right now, and I want you to shout out, God has a plan. No matter what goes on in your life, look at it and say, "Uh uh-uh, God has a plan. And I know if God is in it, it's going to work out for my good, so I'm going to have a party in advance. I'm going to praise God in advance. I know that God is sending the rain. I know that even though it looks look like it's sunny outside, when rain is meant to come, God will send the rain. Ahab, Ahab then kicks it with them. We're getting ready to go, but Ahab then kicks it with them. And there was a drought. The woman was a true believer of God. This woman, this woman was so focused on word 
that the word had access to bring back her child from, to life. She was so focused on the word. When you get focused on the word, God will bring life to dead areas. Dead marriages that look like they could never be healed will come back. Huh? Dead relationships that look like they could never be restored all of a sudden they'll start getting repulsed. Can, can these dry bones live? Yes, says the Lord. I have a plan. I let it get dried up so everybody will know that I'm the healer. I let it look like there was no way for it to be revived because it looked broke. But that's the only way they was going to know that I'm the provider. I'm Jehovah Jireh. I am the provider. I have a plan. In the middle, listen, the bigger, the bigger the problem looks, the better the plan is. Come on, shout, I believe it. believe it. God has a plan. As I look back over my life, I don't tell you guys all the stuff I was doing. But you need a reference point? I was off the hook. But God had a plan. And I'm, I'm just going to tell you the truth. I wasn't sitting down talking about one day I'm going to be a preacher. That was the last thing on my mind. But God has a plan. No matter what's going on in your life, God has a plan. What is his plan for your life? He says, my plan for your life is to work everything out for your good. How many of you like that plan? The plan is only activated through faith. That's why you needed this word today. Stop holding back what God can do. Give him access. If you don't believe it can work out, sit your little self down. And say, God, I'm just going to wait on you because I don't even know what it's supposed to look like anyway. And let him be who he is. And I guarantee you this. Ephesians 3.20 will come to life. Why? Because God is faithful to the faithful. David, can you put Ephesians 4 and 19 on the board? I'm going to close with this. And that's what Paul wants to remind you. A lot of times we say, we need this. We need that. I need this. I need that. For real? You know exactly what you need. Mm -hmm. How many times have you said, I need this and got that and it didn't work for you? So then, you know, we have to understand that we have to believe God for everything. Say he has a plan. That's why he gave you faith. 
because faith will bypass your mind. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope is, the hope of glory is in you. So, listen, who being past feeling have given themselves, is that Ephesians 4.19? Philippians 4.19, that's not it. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Philippians 4.19, wrong scripture, but it's good. For even, no, yeah, it is. And what? Who's God? Is he yours? When? How about when you're mad? How about when you want it to go the way you want it to go, when you want it to go that way at that time? Is he still your God? He is. He's your God. He's your God. When somebody hurts you, he's still your God. Because he allowed him to hurt you so he could heal you, so that you would know how big of a healer he is. I said, God's not going to reward them for hurting you. No, they got consequences coming. But he's your God. But he is your healer. Huh? He's your deliverer. He's delivering you from your crazy thoughts. Right about now. Gone. Deliverance. Why? Because what? My God. Shall supply some, wait, wait, all your needs according to who? See, that's where the issue is. The plan has to go according to his plan, not yours. And if it goes according to his plan and you get your mind out of it and let your faith take action, then that's where the exceedingly and abundantly comes in. Because his riches in glory is way bigger than yours. So why do you want it your way when he could give it to you his way? Woo! It's some good stuff. By Christ Jesus. Amen. Yell out. Say, I'm going to stick to the plan. God's plan. Now give him praise.